This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. All right, we got the Atlanta Falcons going in the Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers are favored at minus two and a half with the over under at 38 and a half. Guess what? Both teams are five and one on the under this year. Ring! Let's take the under again in this matchup. 23. Tampa Bay. Hey, you'd be rich right now if you keep taking the unders, and uh, this sleek is looking like a good under week to keep that trend going. Last year, too. Yeah, has there been was. a se- has there been a single like exciting like I'm looking forward to watching that game on the freaking docket yet? We we will get there uh, eventually. <laughs> um, we <laughs> haven't gotten there yet, but there there is a game yeah. on here that I am looking forward to this week. Unfortunately, Chase. Unfortunately, Chase, we're going to probably be doing our show while that game is going on. But that is the game yeah, I would be yeah, looking forward yeah, to. There's two games I'm looking forward to. We'll get to. Okay. Um. So all right. Want to so a college game? No, there's actually two pros. <laughs> there's actually two pros. Um, are we, I, I, we're not starting Desmond Ritter or anything like that, but I did want to talk a little bit about Desmond Ritter because I said this on the show last week. I said, okay, if you have you had the one good week where finally it looked like they opened up the passing game a little bit. And I said, if you go two weeks in a row, that gives you cause for optimism. So that's where we're at now. You have calls for optimism. It didn't look good. Desmond Ritter still showed you why he's not an NFL starting quarterback, but the volume was there to finally get the guys you want to have the ball, the ball. We'll talk about that in a second. If you do it three games in a row, you are now sustainable for the rest of the year. And this is the big test because if Tampa Bay, who's got a bit a decent defense and Desmond Ritter has been in even worse on the road this year than he's been at home. So you now you have a decent defense and a road matchup. If the volume is there this week, I think we can safely readjust our values for Drake London, for Kyle Pitts, uh, for even Janu Smith the rest of the way. As far as that being sustainable, I think there's a pathway for that. So I want to put that out there before we start talking about the guys for fantasy purposes who actually matter. And I Real quick, Dan, though, I disagree with that. My only caution is, is Tampa Bay is a team that's hard to run the ball against. We know Atlanta loves to run the ball. So taking the weapons involvement in the sense, uh, I don't know how much I'm going to necessarily take that for. It's going to be how the trend is going to continue to be. Chris, I'm going, I, counter, I'm, I'm going to counter with this. Um, I don't care if your defense is good against running the ball or not. Atlanta sucks at running the ball. They might love to run the ball, but they suck at running the ball right now. I mean, neither Tyler Algier nor Bijan Robinson can get over four yards carry because everybody and their mom knows when it's coming. Arthur Smith keeps running into stack boxes on obvious running down situations. So it doesn't really matter if you have a good run defense or not. They're, they're not being very efficient. So I, I don't know if this if that honestly matters as far as a reflection on what their passing attack or their offense attack in general has to become now. I mean, I don't that would be that'd be my counterpoint right now. No, I hear you. Like I'm just pointing out like Detroit's one of the pop rushing teams, for example, but struggled to run the ball last week versus Tampa Bay's defense. I'm just saying you might not see the numbers because there's gonna be involved and they're gonna have to kind of throw the ball to beat this front for the most part. But I do agree with you that the, tr- the trends are looking better involvement for the weapons to be involved. I just have some caution. It's like playing certain teams or Cleveland or Tampa Bay where you know that's going to be funneled for a passing attack. You don't want to read too much into the numbers. 
Well, let me let me be clear here. I think you bring up a good point, and maybe I need to clarify to some degree. Uh, just because it's three games in a row sustainable doesn't mean I expect Desmond Ritter to throw the ball 35-plus times every single game the rest of the season. That's not what I'm saying by that. I'm saying sustainable in the fact that it will be more consistent, being that you will get the volume to the guys that you're looking for, and it won't go back to 22, 20 attempts in a game that we were seeing earlier on. Chase, did you want to get in here? Well, I'm just – I mean – other outside of week one, at week one he only threw the ball eighteen times. Outside of that, he's thrown the ball at least thirty-one times all all year. He's, I mean, he's he's been. They've been actually turning to loose. It just doesn't feel like it because he hasn't completed Dick until so the last bad. two weeks. <laughs> he, so I mean, now last two weeks he's completed thir- twenty-eight passes both weeks. So I mean, the last few weeks he's actually gotten the ball into guys' hands, not just throwing it kind of in their general direction and you know whatever the hell happens after it leaves my hand, great. He's actually completed passes the last two weeks, and I think that's the big difference. The last well, two weeks, if uh, that continues, obviously, then I'm all yeah. Then I'm all excited about you know finally maybe kind of excited about having Drake London and Johnu Smith and Kyle Pitts. I mean, he 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 completed passes against Houston. Yes, last week was about the volume because he only had a 59 percent. No, but but I'm just saying, like, but it was still it was it was it was. 47 pass attempts, but he still completed 28 passes. That was not happening the first four weeks, even though he was throwing the ball 32, 38, 31 times. I mean, he's, he has been throwing the ball all over the place. It's just, the problem is he's been throwing it all over the place and not guys. <laughs> and the last two weeks, they've actually managed to be able to catch a few. Free Taylor Heideke. Free Taylor Heideke. <laughs> well, real quick, Dan, free the offense in general. Arthur Smith is doing some yes. horrible, horrible play calls. The wrong team in the South changed play callers. Look, yeah. I we used to kill you know Greg Gerwin's passing concepts and how Neanderthal they were. I watched that good portion of some of those those 50-something passing attempts you talk about Chase. And it was like it was max protection, three receiver things where they're running into the double coverage constantly. And it was like, <laughs> why, I wonder why Kyle Pitts can't get you know targeted. <laughs> Hammer it in there, just. <sighs> All right, that's entirely too much. Arthur Smith and Desmond right. Ritter talk. Let's move on here. Uh, Bijan Robinson, his player. I have him at RB six. You're still going to play him and get saved by the passing attack. And by the way, his player prop twenty four and a half receiving yards. He's been over that mark five of the last six games. I do think they continue that here <laughs> against Tampa. The passing Bay. attempts right there, Chase. <laughs> That's right there. It's true. Uh, Rashad White, he's still an RB2, in my opinion, because of the volume. His player prop, though, at 52 and a half. I'm staying away from that. He's been under it three of the last five. It's not enough of a trend. Yes, Atlanta's brutal against the run, but he may just get the ball 20 times. Who knows? Uh, I'm just staying away from Rashad White, both in the player prop and fantasy-wise. I mean, if you have to play him, he's a guy with the pulse this week. That's pretty much what it boils down to. Tala Algier, for the first time in a couple of weeks, cracks my top 36. Thank you to this ridiculous bye week. Can I talk about this bye week real quick now that I'm thinking about it more and more? I said this to Adam. Adam, help me out here. They're supposed to have this artificial intelligence. And this is how I know, by the way, artificial intelligence is not ready to take over the world because of this retarded <laughs> NFL scheduling. This is how I know they're not ready to beat us. Okay, we are not going to bow down the machines just yet because of this NFL scheduling. How do you have six teams on by this week? Zero next week. You had two last week. You have buys till week 14. This makes no, most of America who watches football plays fantasy football. Come on, <laughs> what are you making? Script. 
I mean, I guess it's good timing in the sense that like half the league got hurt this week and half of them were getting or last week and half of them were getting this week off. So that's nice. But outside of that, I can't really give you any any confident, nice thing to say. Figure it out. Make it all even. Why can't we make it even every week? That doesn't make any sense. <sighs> There's Pierre no reason not to make it even every week. I've, I've said no. that before. There's no reason they can't even out who plays in primetime games when you've got a Thursday night game, a Sunday night game, and a Monday night game every week. Everybody plays 17 games. There's only 32 teams in a TAM league. Like, yeah, figure it out. Even it out a little bit. There's no reason we have to watch the goddamn Giants 13 times. On Everyone the has an They're optimizing the primetime games for money. That's not – that's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has an analytics apartment. Spare one guy from your analytics apartment from each team and figure this right. the hell out, will you? Like, come on. Um, all right, so we got a question coming in from Pierre. Should I trade away DJ Moore for Alva Kamara or Brees Hall? Full point PPR. He's hurting at running back. He's got Mixon, Ford, James Conner, Chuba Hubbard. Uh, some decent receivers, though. Uh, Adam, would you trade away DJ Moore for Kamara or Brees Hall? Uh, I, I think there's an argument to be made for Brees because the upside is pretty high. Uh, Kamara, I, I think I have concerns for both Kamara and more. I, I like all three of these guys. Um, but, uh, Brees Hall is the safest pick, I think, uh, outside of the, the ACL thing, which he looks so explosive that by general trend is to avoid guys that first year off. And I'm just throwing it out the window for Brees at this point. I don't care anymore. Um, and yeah, Kamara, I'm like a 28 year old running back. This offense isn't great. DJ Moore, I have no idea what's happening. Full with this quarterback PPR, Adam, just want to throw that at Kamara, full point PPR, Derek Carr, check down machine. That's yeah, I, I, it's, you're not wrong, but DJ Moore has been really good this year. So I'm not, you know. Yeah. No. Justin Fields, maybe have surgery. Just saying. Yeah. Given his particular rush construction with the running backs and the, he does have very good, strong receivers all throughout. I would definitely make the trade for one of the two. Um, so whichever one you deem that to be, I, Adam, I don't disagree with you. I think Brees Hall still represents more upside moving forward. Cause I think he still has a pathway to be a top five RB one. I think you can make that argument. I don't think Kamara has that pathway, but I think Kamara, you're locking him in as a top 10, like every freaking week. Like cause Chris pointed out with PP, especially PPR league wise. Uh, he's just going to be, even with Jamal Williams back, he's still going to be there. Cause Derek Carr's just checking it down left and right and through the center. Um, so I would take it either way. We want the upside, whether you want to stay floor. Atlanta running game, passing game slash. Yes, they do. He's Kamara is very much Bijan, only on crack because he gets even. He gets twelve targets instead of eight. Um, all right, so let's get back to this game real quick. Though we got Chris, uh, Mike Evans, we're playing him as a mid-level wide receiver too. I want to talk a little bit about Chris Godwin because I got him at wide receiver twenty-five. ECR's got him at wide receiver nineteen. I and I'm just. I have him as a so I'm a little bit lower. I'm basically saying he's a high end wide receiver three rather than being a low end wide receiver two. Guys, in, in a game in which Mike Evans has played the whole game, he hasn't finished better than wide receiver 28. And that even includes last week when he outplayed Mike Evans with the production that he had, still didn't finish better than wide receiver 28 in a game in which Mike Evans has been a part of. And he's been under his his receiving mark, his 16 and a half receiving yards in his game. He's been under that three of five games. If Mike Evans is out there, I just don't like the ceiling Chris Godwin represents. You're still playing him. I'm not, I'm not saying you're not playing him this week, but I don't like the ceiling he represents. I think you have to view him more as a floor wide receiver three play than a guy who can actually give you some ceilings so that might come to play with when you're trying to pick out other guys in your rotation uh, chris you're not in your head what do you think 
I think Chris Godwin's a sneaky play this week because of the matchup. AJ yeah. Terrell's the guy that you're going to see a lot of Mike Evans. We've seen that outside receiver been really struggle versus this team versus Atlanta team. Um, and Chris Godwin's going to be front, you know, facing D Alford. So looking at the matchup, looking what Baker's going to see, we've seen at least Godwin's been getting at seven, you know, six, seven, eight, nine targets a game pretty consistently. You haven't got the touchdown. That's pretty much the big difference right now between him and Evans. Evans is scoring touchdowns. Godwin's not. I do think that's going to kind of have a sway at some point. I think Godwin's getting more, uh, I don't know what you guys think, but I looked a little more explosive last week where I think he's getting his legs back a little bit too. So I do like Chris Godwin a lot. I do. I can't argue strongly, Dan, that he's not necessarily like, you know, a high end guy where you're like, I love the upside, but I think he's a solid play that you're playing with receiver two or feeling pretty good as a flex option. Yeah. I, it's, it's the Atlanta defense. And like I said, I think you can have Atlanta over the middle and that's Chris Godwin land. No, I think it's a good matchup that way for him. Yeah, no, that that's fair too. Uh, we'll see what what happens there. I don't have enough to go for a showdown on that one. I don't know, uh, Chase, where you at on uh, Janu Smith? We chase showdown number two. We got him. We got him. I have got him at fourteen. Try to try to beat him. Ah, that's not enough. That's not enough. No. Uh, you do have him a little bit lower than ECR, though. I still would play Janu Smith as a top twelve tight end this week, and for the first time in five weeks, I believe Kyle Pitts. Cracks my top 10. He is at tight end nine for me this week. I am betting on the volume for Pitts to continue to be there. And I'm going to hold my nose while I do it. Let's go to the next match.